Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Paul Lawrence Van hosts the Wealthy Speaker Talk Radio Show, an exciting and entertaining show. Listeners, fans, and followers are inspired, motivated, and discover strategies that assist them in improving their personal and professional life. Tune in, listen in, and phone in with questions. Encourage your family, friends, and colleagues to tune in as well. Tune in, listen in, and call in with questions at 516 453 9480 and or join Paul and guest experts in the web chat room www.blogtalkradio.com slash Paul Lawrence Van. We look forward to you joining us for another amazing episode of the Wealthy Speaker Radio Show. And good day, everyone. What a beautiful day in the USA. My name is Paul Lawrence Van, host of the Wealthy Speaker Talk Radio Show. Glad that you could be with us today. I'm calling from the nation's capital, and we're going to have a great day because we have an outstanding expert guest expert today. His name is Derek Faulkner, and I want to welcome, first of all, Derek on the call, and then I'm going to go through his bio. Derek, how are you doing today? Great, Paul. Uh, I'm doing pretty well. And with the circumstances of our country, but uh, I'm doing well. I'm glad to be up and fighting another day, fighting a good fight. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you very much. And now I'm going to read Derek's background. It's really phenomenal, and I want you to really pay attention. All listeners, please pay attention. Uh, he is a, a son of two parents who served in the military, two military officers, and uh, he was born in Germany. And uh, his uh, father was a, a captain. His mother was a, a major. And uh, as far as Derek is concerned, uh, he is, was a professional athlete, and he signed a priority rookie free agent contract with the Philadelphia Eagles during the 2007 NFL draft. Now, following his rookie season with the Eagles, he spent time with several NFL organizations over the course of the next three years and then two seasons in the Canadian Football League. As a, and, and now he's – CEO and founder of the Athletes for Veterans Foundation. Uh, Derek recognizes the sacrifices of our military personnel. Uh, he also, the military also afforded Derek's family many opportunities in education, travel, personal development, and career advancement. And Athletes for Veterans is an expression of Derek's gratitude to the military and his respect and admiration for the men and women of the United States Armed Forces. And his goal is to unite, support, advocate and help the heroes who defend our nation's freedom and without further ado i want to again bring on derek faulkner who is a philanthropist as well as uh, he provides uh, services to our military and much much more derek welcome to the show and and absolutely we have some challenging times but it's people like you that are going to make that positive difference oh appreciate it thank you for having me i'm excited Oh, fantastic. And I'm honored to have you as a guest expert. Could you share some uh, insight 
in terms of your parents and as they served as officers, what that was like growing up in that military home, uh, and what made it this unique and a special part of the military family? Well, definitely what made me, um, what drew my connection um, to the military was just my deep-rooted family ties dating back to not only my parents, but also my great, my grandfather um, served two tours in Vietnam as a Special Forces Green Beret. Um, So between his 30 years, my parents, my mother's 20, my dad's 12, and then my um, my godmother, my Aunt Gloria, um, is a full-blurred colonel, so she served over 30 as a, uh, so I mean, just, you know, my parents and family has just been ties and my time spent in the military, I just, I, you know, my, my house, my household and growing up, I grew up in a military household. So I grew up in like a two, two-sided kind of household with entrepreneurs and business. And then the other side was, you know, very military-based. And I think for both me and my sister, it certainly, um, you know, embedded certain values and core principles in us that the military teaches you. Um, and, you know, we're able to apply those today. And I'm able to, you know, now show my gratitude um, to our men and women, um, past and present, you know, with, you know, philanthropy oh, yeah. and being able to show, show them, um, you know, my, my, uh, you know, my way of, of support, um, even though I didn't, you know, put the boots on, but, you know, I, I honor my mother and father and my family. And then I also honor all the men and women through my philanthropic, uh, my philanthropic oh, activities. fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I worked in uh, family readiness after I retired from the Air Force. So uh, I know you said you didn't put the boots on, but you actually did have the boots on because whenever a family member deployed or wherever they were stationed, you were part of that team. So, uh, Mm -hmm. yes, you were part of it. (laughs) And and it's great to see that. Yes, you had a a grandfather. And I I believe you said you had someone that's made full colonel. Are they still serving or they they have retired i believe i believe my aunt, aunt gloria is retired now uh but she retired okay. when she became a uh, full she became a, a colonel so like oh, like her and my mother have been been together her and my mother and father have all been together since college they all met in rotc uh, freshman uh-huh. year at virginia state wow. so they have been okay. together a long time that's my one of my mother's best friends and you know okay. just with her you know, they just, uh, they all connected, ironically, in ROTC. So uh, my dad was, you know, required, the story is my dad was required to be in ROTC as a, he was a football player on the scholarship there playing football, and right. they required um, uh-huh. football players to be in ROTC. And I guess he met my mom, and, you know, that's it. all she wrote. Oh, yeah. She want to hang around a pretty girl, so you stay in ROTC. See there? See there? <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's beautiful. That's, that's beautiful, man. And your dad was a linebacker, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. my dad was a linebacker yeah. in college. Uh, uh, he's a, uh-huh. I think he's, uh, he got he's in the Virginia State's uh, Hall of Fame, um, Athletic oh, Hall of Fame well, there. So dad uh-huh. was definitely um, stands out there. Hampton University. Yeah. 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 I went to Hampton. So he was a CIAA at the time, and I went exactly. to Hampton and um, played there. So kind of kept the same. Kind of kept it in the black college uh, athletics. Yeah. Which is cool. Me too. Um, yeah, I think that was uh but also, you know, staying in I think the great thing was, you know, going to Hampton, you know, Hampton is surrounded by military as well. 
So it sure um, is. tons of tons of you know, we had Langley Air Force Base, Fort Eustis, Langley, um, yeah. Naval Base. Mm-hmm. So with all of that, you know, I was one of the few guys on the team, um, had access to get on base. So that was like my little getaway at times when I wanted to kinda, you know, get get away from campus. I would go you know, exactly. go to the commissary, go to yeah. the PX, my normal stuff that I would do when I was at home at Fort Dix. I would do the same thing and uh, go to the exactly. go to the go to the gym there. I work out at the gym there some time and you know, just be yeah. around where it felt like home. You know, I spent so much time exactly. at Fort Dix, you know, went to went to went to daycare, went to school there. Um and my dad would play on the golf courses there there at McGuire and then going to the uh-huh. gym with my dad. Right. So shopping at the px there so it's like mom going grocery shopping commissary so i was just like you know the, the military thing is You're just something there. that's been a part of our family yeah yeah for sure absolutely <laughs> can't get that's, yeah, that's, just in there so it definitely was, yeah. it definitely, that's, was that's, a, definitely something that's part of my fabric yeah that that was fantastic i mean that's a, a wonderful overview of that experience and of course, that translated to what you're doing now. Now you're the CEO and founder of Athletes for Vets Foundation. Now, how does this serve your ideal clients, and how does it add value to your the community you serve? So, for us, our one of our key objectives uh, since our um, since our conception has been, you know, we wanted to work with um, military dependents in regards to scholarship, and we wanted to give right. military dependents scholarship opportunities. Um, and gift scholarships to military dependents that are like my sister and myself. So I I definitely look to work with military families um, from an education standpoint. So we work with scholarships, students getting scholarships going into undergrad. Uh, we've, you know, given scholarships to kids getting ready to go to, you know, Rutgers and some of the New Jersey schools, Montclair, uh-huh. um, University, okay. Montclair University, and some of these others. And then we also on the opposite end, we're a gifting foundation. So we gift other military nonprofits that struggle raising money. And why? How were we able to? Well, the one thing I was blessed with, the, I was blessed with the, the opportunity to play in the NFL and make up tons of connections as a former high school standout, college player, and then professional athlete. So, you know, I know I have access to, to, to rooms and I have access to people through sports that a lot of people don't have. And I feel like yeah. I want to use that, that blessing as an opportunity to bless others. Um, I'm able to, you know, you know, put my organization on major platforms, whether NFL, NFL alumni, NFL Network, the NBA, uh-huh. working in these spaces. Whereas if I didn't play, I might not have the same access. So I use that. Yeah, right. I use my access to the create to create opportunity, and through creating right. opportunities through my philanthropic goals through the military. So we've given, we've gifted, you know, the USO. We've you know, gifted the U.S. We've given money to the VA hospitals. We don't work at the VA. We worked, uh-huh. we worked in different spaces in the military community where I was able to, you know, bring in, you know, fellow legends to golf events and make appearances and help raise money um, that normal organizations right. didn't have the access to. So I think that's my niche, um, obviously, and then just having it's, it's the NFL is. shield and brand. Behind, yeah, just actually having the NFL shield and brand behind us. Um, is also it's a billion dollar, billion dollar, yeah, right. So, um, and I and I get it, and I'm and I'm also blessed enough to get the support on that side, you know. So I get a tons of I get ton of support from the Players Association. They they were one of our the Players Association, NFLPA, the so the union, and the uh, and the NFL alumni. Both groups were able to you know sponsor our our toy drive this year. Well, last, well, last year, last December, uh, with the Marines Toys for Tots, we gave you know sixty thousand right. toys. 
to 25,000 kids in South Jersey, which was awesome. We're looking to really double that this year. But that really helped. That really helps with, you know, the, the support of the NFL. I mean, just having them oh, involved gets other people excited. So I had, mm-hmm. you know, seven or eight, you know, legends come attend as well. Guys, Super Bowl chance from the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Giants, um, from my okay. former teammates with the Eagles. So having that access really helps our organization, helps us make change. Uh, for sure. And I know you mentioned something earlier uh, as it pertains to um, looking at uh, the NFL uh, and, and part of that. I uh, want you to kind of explain to them what your actual experience was like as an athlete playing in an NFL. For the people who would never know what it's like to be in that locker room as an athlete, could you provide mm-hmm. a synopsis on that, what that was like for you? So, you know, playing in the playing in the NFL is always an exciting time. It's um it's exciting. It's uh very it could be, you know, you have men in their twenties and thirties basically living out their dreams, getting paid to play a game yeah. that they would play as a kid for they free. Love. Um mm-hmm. and that you love. I think that um for me it's it's being able to um to, you know, compete and, you know, uh exercise a lot of the tools that are ingrained in you. Um, a lot of us are highly competitive and know how to win and love to win. So, and don't understand hard work and love to see results. So yeah, playing in the NFL is, 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 is a great opportunity. And then being able to just connect with people and fans, right? So, um, exactly. make an impact. So a kid, a kid will see you that, you know, maybe, you know, maybe in elementary school and, you know, comes out and he watches you all through high school and then watches you, and then he ends up, you know, inspiring him to, to work hard to make to try to play in the NFL or NBA or whatever. So you're you're constantly inspiring others. Um, the locker room is is a funny. It's a, it's also an interesting place. It's very fun and funny. You got some of the most some of the greatest laughs in the locker room, the NFL locker rooms, the <laughs> locker rooms. Period. You meet some great oh, yeah. guys. You meet people that you're connected with for life. Um, uh huh. And you just and you and you really have the platform to really make changes. You look at guys socially in the NFL and NBA are really speaking out against certain things or speaking up for certain communities. And right. before that wasn't really prevalent before, like you really didn't see it. Now, you know, guys, whether you're talking about oh, yeah. things that are currently happening socially with, in regards to with police, or you're just talking about oh, yeah. things with being able to just help feed homeless people or feed disadvantaged, disenfranchised people in different cities. I think that that's, right. that's what the NFL and that's being a professional athlete, really the power we have is that, I can, you know, obviously make a good amount of money depending um, sure. and be able to, you know, take care of myself and my family. But then I'm also, I have the leverage and I now have the, the ability to go back to where I'm from and make an impact just my, with, my, with, the, with, the, with the advantages I have now as a professional athlete. I can go back to maybe I lived in a rural area, maybe lived in a rural area in Alabama. Now I can take my influence and help develop playgrounds or schools or whatever and I think that's a great thing, you know, when athletes are able to do that. Absolutely. You're building communities. You're, you're building uh, leaders for tomorrow, for the future. And so it's really a great – and I know earlier, Derek, you mentioned about scholarships that you provide that for some of the uh, military uh, students. The, the, and also you have a role model that you named the scholarship after. He's a member of Omega Sci-Fi. Could you talk about him? Yes. Uh, he was a professor. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that one, 
that's really near and dear to me. Um, so that was actually that me. Uh, Doctor Foster played a significant role yeah. in my life in multiple multiple ways. So um, I met him. He was my first professor of my college career. Um, it was English 101, uh, 8 o'clock in the morning on Monday. And um, not only was he my first professor, he was my first male professor, and he was my first black professor I've ever had. So uh-huh. there were so many significant things. Um, and, you know, at that moment, he became almost like my on-campus parent. You know, I had two people that were like parents. Yeah me on the administration side and that's the one beauty thing that's the beauty about going to a, a HBC. you get that you get that type of coverage as a student and um you know he kind of wrapped his arm around me as like a kind of looked as almost a father figure when my dad is obviously in New Jersey and he was like you know, there was always communication between my parents and him and um he just worked as a mentor for me um during that period and obviously I took his class for two years or two semesters and then I uh, just became my, my mentor, and he was a, a man of Omega Psi 5. So when I decided to then join the organization, he was a part of that process. He was with me throughout my entire process plan and through injuries and, you know, difficult opportunities, difficult things that took place with the coaching staff. He was there throughout the process. The key with him and his connection to the military is his his wife was, a, uh, uh, was in the uh, National Guard, I believe, for eight years. Okay. And Fantastic. that's how the, that was the connection between the two. So, uh, you know, uh, Mrs. Forrester, Christine Forrester at the time, she she was in the military as well, serving. And, you know, he just had the connection there. And, you know, he was always talked about how proud he was. He pushed education more than athletics. He really didn't care about if I went to the NFL or not. But he was more excited and proud about me going back and getting my NBA. I remember he was way super yeah. excited about that versus me, you know, signing my first contract. And exactly. he always talked about me using that as a platform. And then I looked at it and was starting my, you know, my, you know, college fund for this organization and really looking to put the scholarship program together. You know, I decided to change it to his name in his honor because, one, his impact on me, and then his push was always for the excellence of academia and pushing forward. Oh, and I felt like it would be important for him to be to be his honor would be there. He's, he uh, he passed away two years ago um, suddenly, and, you know, it took a toll on us and every well, for me, because it was somebody that I was really close with. And for sure, I was very close with him, and at the time, I wanted him to watch me as I was growing um, into, you know, further adulthood, and, um, but I figured this was the best way for me to honor him was, uh, you know, putting yeah. Dr. Foster on as, as my scholarship, uh, as a scholarship, you know, honoree, and so his name yeah. will always be synonymous with with athletes or veterans his his name will always his his legacy will continue to live oh absolutely and he had that impact on you and of course uh you transitioned to george washington university to get uh that master's degree and also uh, looking at uh setting up that nonprofit as well which he really inspired you to continue to acquire that knowledge because he knows that you can never take it away once you get it no one can ever take your education away from you ever Never. Yeah. Never. Yep. So that's fantastic. Now, uh, Derek, you and I both in the uh, Global Good Fund, and we know that uh, COVID-19 it not only has had a devastating impact on over 108,000 uh, fellow citizens, but how did this impact your business model and with this pause and 
in the business and the economy, um, how have mm-hmm. you pivoted and are made that shift? Well, it definitely impacted, uh, you know, all of our businesses and everyone just everyday, you know, relationships and how we do conduct our conduct businesses face to face and, you know, interactions. Yeah. Um, back in May, I had a you know a huge golf tournament for the spring set up with the NFL alumni and uh-huh. us here in South Jersey. And, right. you know, ultimately I canceled. So, we, you know, you, you lose time and money. But the bigger thing is just, you know, it changed the opportunity for us to raise money to be able to then impact our and reach our goals and mission. Um, so exactly. that played a, 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 real, a real heavy toll. Um, but, you know, you begin to just stand and pivot. and You want to figure out, okay, what can we do? Now that, you know, we're under quarantine, it's a pandemic, um, you know, you have you have limited interaction with people face-to-face, so now everything is virtual and viral and more so like of a, a virtual component. So what we did was I got with one of our partners, which is uh, Element, excuse me, uh, Elite Fundraising Solutions, who helps uh, really aggregate and help raise money with golf. Uh, we're now doing like crowdfunding projects. Uh, we're doing crowdfunding projects with uh, for COVID um, nineteen, um, you know, issues and helping you know raise money for a lot of our homeless veterans that are still out there in the streets sure. that are looking for you know food and looking for proper health care. So we're looking to raise money for them uh, during this positive uh-huh. net, during this period during this period now. And you know, for the most part, it doesn't really change if you're a business person and if you are around a number of, you know, great strategists and you're constantly looking to, mm-hmm. to, you know, innovate, then yeah. this really, it plays a role in your business. It plays a role, but it shouldn't because you just have to go back to the drawing board and rethink. think you put your thinking cap on and just pivot and make, and do some new, do, do it, be more innovative and come up with new ideas. It's no different from playing football and, you know, everybody figures out your playbook. Okay, go back in off season and now draw up some new plays and some new schemes. That's right. Add some wrinkles. Do some different things. You know, change change some formations around. That's basically what we we are all doing is changing the formations around. Um, you know, exactly. making some pivots and really just coming together. I think that all of this this devastation with over a hundred thousand people, you know, um, passing from yeah. from COVID and now with all the things that are taking place socially, yeah. I think the country in itself is just needing more people to now gather and circulate, circulate all of us together to unite for common interests and right. common fronts. Absolutely. And just caring and loving for Absolutely. each other, whatever side of political right. side you're on, whatever background, you know, recent creed is really just tying in everyone to come together as one united front. Now everyone can sit back and talk about Kumbaya and that's not really realistic. And it's not, True. you know, as a black man, as a black entrepreneur, there's things that I see that other my white counterparts don't see. But right. I would ask that, you know, we still would have enough understanding that my white counterparts would have an understanding and look at it from a different lens and look objectively. Sure. What is it that, as Derek, as an African-American, as a black man, how does that look? And for me to look the same, too, you know, for me to, to look at the same as well and, and, to, and to grow, you know, and to also look from our from women, from our women's standpoint. What is it like to be a woman in the military? What is it like to be a woman in business? You know, and have those yeah. understandings. You know, so much is changing now socially. I think we have to get out of this, uh, this older way of thinking and this, this, uh, prehistoric, this prehistoric thing where it's like things are to have to be how they were in the 50s. That's, it's different now. You know, we have – 
the military's yeah. changed, politics have changed, life has changed. Um, but at the same time, there are some things that have not changed, and that's a lot of the social issues that we have to step yeah, that we have to step forward on. Yeah, and and that's the main thing that our Creator God He He created us to be uh, friends with each other, to unite, to help each other, like what you're doing, you know, as a philanthropist and a humanitarian. And unfortunately, uh, like you said, some people are living in the 1800s, back in the Civil War era, and that's a long time ago. But a lot of things have not changed. I never thought that, uh, having served 22 years in the Air Force, that I would be seeing what I'm seeing now. And I have two teenage children. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I have to verse them each day on this is what's happening, this is how you adjust. And I have experience at it because I I grew Mm -hmm. up uh, in in that in North Carolina. And, uh, again, I attended at HBCU at Shaw University. And, by the way, when I was in high school, I was a, a defensive end, so it's kind of hard to persuade a defensive end to just take anything from anyone, right? And uh, so we, we have to definitely unite and do the very opposite of, of what uh, some people in the country are trying to do, and that's to divide us. And the timing of it is real suspect because of the election is just a few months away. And so I, I have a good idea what's going on, and um, – we're going to put a stop to it uh, and through our actions, our positive actions. So, um, okay, mm-hmm. so let's get back into that. Um, now, Derek, one of the things I looked at is uh, with the Global Good Fund, um, how is it transforming your leadership platform as a social entrepreneur and making a difference for your enterprise? How is that helping you in this process? It's definitely um, shaping me to think uh, differently about my business and have a stronger business approach and being a little bit more innovative and creating, yeah. obviously you can, cons- you can constantly, you know, can always get better um, and always grow yeah. um, as a, as an individual, as a business person. Um, so, you know, me being able to go back with a mentor and coach and really assess my leadership skills and really assess yeah. some of the things that I'm doing as a leader will ultimately help, you know, my business move forward. I think that's really important for us, um, you know, being able sure. to look at um, fine-tuning maybe little small right. holes in my um, in my business, being able to say, hey, you know, if I focus on this a little bit more or if I'm able to adapt and integrate these certain, these certain pillars, I can be, you know, it'll ultimately change revenue source from, you know, 10,000s to 100,000, yeah. but just making these, these these different changes. So I'm really I'm really appreciative for the Global Good Fund. They have a great great support system, great leadership there. Um, they've been able oh, to put yeah. me in front of some great people. Um, and unfortunately, we haven't, as a this cohort, cohort, we haven't been able to interact with each other much because of the COVID. Um, so we COVID, didn't get yeah. a lot of, like, interaction with each other. But Overall, I really think I was able to really grow from this and build, um, and I'm still continuing to build. I think I have a great plan for my leadership, uh, my, yeah. my leadership plan that we put together for the next six months, running yeah. from June to pretty much December. So we should see a lot of growth, and I'm excited about it. I think so. Yeah, same here. And plus, the the economy is is opening back up, even though it's going to take a little bit more time to do that. And then, of course, we have to get the these uh, civil rights aspects are cleared out. We, we have to be given the ability. As one of my um, uh, people I, I really look up to is Lewis Hamilton. He's a Formula One champion six times. And he just said it, why? Because of the color of our skin are we considered guilty just by that. We should not be considered guilty of anything just because of the color of our skin. 
And, and what he's saying about that is is that we should be able to walk down the road or jog down the road without someone hunting us down like an animal or putting their knee in our neck. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I truly uh, believe what he's saying uh, in regards to that. And uh, I just don't see anyone putting their, their uh, knee on my neck. I don't see it. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. old school mm-hmm. country boy from the south, and uh, I'm going to be the one doing the knee thing, if, if anybody. Mm-hmm. But... Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's that's uh, fantastic as, as we move forward. Now you're a philanthropist and humanitarian, uh, where, and I know you've already talked about where your spirit of giving, caring, and making a difference comes from. So what do you project uh, for, let's say, the next 90 days in regards to your programs? Um, getting getting perhaps looking at your leadership development program and looking at okay, I know I can do this when the economy is open up and, and people kind of being able to visit with each other and face-to-face again, going out to Top Golf or some of the other venues out there? So I think when things begin to slowly open and um, maybe, you know, the distancing, social distancing, you know, uh, protocols ease up for large groups, I think golf, I think, you know, having some type of athletic, you know, event, um, a golf event or something at Top Golf will obviously be some of my go-to events that were like our staple. Um, uh-huh. But I think in the next three months, it'll be really just, uh, you know, getting back to the essence of getting back to just doing community work in yes. visiting VA hospitals and uplifting some of our families and our, some of our, our veterans that are, you know, unaccounted for or kind of like lost in between the cracks. So I can tell you that during this period, during this social distancing period, can you imagine you know, I didn't get to see my family for almost seven weeks. But what about that homeless veteran that doesn't have anyone and he hasn't seen anybody, yeah. he hasn't seen family, he hasn't done it, he hasn't had anyone come and just been able to connect with him um, or her. Uh-huh. So I think that that's going to be important to kind of bring back the, bring more of the humanistic side back into caring about others into bringing back more of the connecting with the actual community. Um, you know, in the next three months, people are going to start working or focusing on getting back to work. So, yeah. Getting back to work and in conjunction with trying to now connect um, back with society and build relationships back. So for us, we're going to really work with, you know, getting people back to work, helping people, um, helping our veterans. Um, you know, I would say if there's 40 million um, sure. veterans that are, or excuse me, 40 million uh, people that are out of work right now, clearly yeah. – there's some veterans in that mix, in that pot. <laughs> um, there's some veterans Absolutely. in that pot. A lot of veterans in that pot. Okay. So, how can we how can we help in that aspect? In that aspect, can we be a resource guide for someone? Can we help position, like you know, help get with other companies to help you know start they start rehiring again? Maybe you know, be a resource where vets can come to us and we can kind of be almost as a job placement, or at least just help them point them in the right direction. You know. Hey, go we exactly. you know Home Depot is hiring here or Lowe's or this company is hiring at this or this group, and if you're a vet, sure. you get some type of some type of you know opportunity to get in front of someone on a for a job. That's that's Absolutely. where we want to come in and really give that, give vets um, more of a chance. I mean, I, I can tell you that sure. I get emails all the time. You know, a lot of these veterans they they can't send their kids to school. They can't you know pay for tuitions. Um, so I want to push that. I really want to then hit the ground running and really, you know, by December, um, you know, really get enough money to really, you know, have a great fundraising opportunity to really get our push, our scholarship endowment fund, 
uh, forward. I really want to get a lot of kids in the school, uh, military kids in the school. All right, fantastic. We're coming to a close our interview, Derek, and I really appreciate and thank you. But before I go, I really want you to provide your contact information so people can uh, make donations uh, to your Athletes absolutely. for Foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can find us. Uh, our website is athletesforvets, F-O-R-V-E-T-S, dot org. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Athletes for Vets, Twitter at Athletes for Vets, all one word. Um, we're also, if you find us on the PayPal, we're a part of the PayPal partnership with them. So PayPal Good okay. uh, Goodwill Giving Fund, I believe, or Giving Fund. Um, okay. It's athlete, uh-huh. under Athletes for Vets. Uh, we also work with Benevity as a vetted um, athlete or a, a vetted nonprofit uh, through Benevity, which is one of our donors is uh, Apple. So we work with a bunch of these vetted companies, um, but you can find all of our information there. Um, on, the, on our website, uh, www.athletesforvets.org. Ah, oh, fantastic. And, and Derek, again, uh, thank you so much uh, for being our guest expert today, and I'll ensure that I promote uh, this interview, get that archive uh, to people. I'll also forward it to you as well. But thank you very okay. much. Continued excellence with uh, Athletes for Vets and Foundation and also with the Global Good Fund. I look forward to connecting with you more in the future and to all our listeners Uh, Let's uh, definitely connect with Derek Faulkner. He provided all of his contact information, and I'll continue to promote it over the next several weeks. So, Derek, have a great day and a great weekend, my friend, and continue excellence in all that you do. Have a great day, my friend. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right, boy. Thank you. Bye. Uh Uh-huh. My name is Paul Lawrence Van. Thank you for tuning in to this episode with Derek Faulkner. My time is up, and I thank you for yours. And tomorrow I have another interview with another outstanding guest expert. So join me on that broadcast of the Wealthy Speaker Show. We look forward to seeing you. Have a great day, and goodbye. Thank you for tuning in, listening in, and connecting with host Paul Lawrence Van and his guests. Encourage your family, friends, and colleagues to tune in to another episode of The Wealthy Speaker Show with Paul Lawrence Van. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.